are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Hello, I'm Stephanie Ruff. And I'm Aviva Nabeski. We're the hosts of the Dressage Today podcast, where you can find us talking about anything and everything dressage related. Our conversations span the world of dressage from leading riders to local level dressage heroes. We're talking training advice, showing tips, and sharing stories to inspire your own dressage journey. So tune in, then tack up. Welcome to the Dressage Today podcast, sponsored by Purina. Later, we will be talking with Stephanie Fish Crossman, an accredited biomechanics trainer based in Brooksville, Florida. She currently has a popular series of videos that covers a wide range of riders and reads on Dressage Today on Demand. So you might want to check that out to get to know her a little bit better. But to start, this is our last podcast of 2022. And Aviva and I wanted to take a moment to thank everyone for listening. Thank you so much. And for sharing all your great questions for Ask the L. You've kept Aviva on her toes this entire <laughs> year, right? And looking forward to 2023. But thank you, everybody, for listening. It's just so um, heartwarming to be in the middle of teaching a lesson and have somebody say something about having listened to the podcast and to have met so many strangers and to have made you our friends and yeah. to all of the people at Dressage today who have supported us and now to um, the Horse Radio Network as well. Yeah. So it's been a fabulous couple of years and we're really looking forward to next year and it's going to be even more exciting. It is. I mean, we we appreciate the sponsors of the podcast. And this past year, we've talked to some really good people. We've had some really fun conversations. And um, we're already planning for who we're going to talk to next year. Yeah, we've got a wonderful list. And, you know, maybe if people have some things they'd like to hear us talk about, they could let us know on social media and we'll do our best. Yeah, definitely. So we are we are looking forward to it. But we just wanted to take a first moment to just say thank you to everyone out there. And uh, we we do look forward to continuing our journey next year. Absolutely. So our last Ask the L question for 2022 was submitted by Samantha. How do we best present older horses who aren't as supple as they used to be? So this is a really hard question. And I originally asked, I have all, you know, full disclosure, I originally asked Stephanie to take it off the books because it's really hard. (laughs) And I don't know that it's really a question for me as a graduate of the L program. But I thought about it some more and I realized that my goal for 2023, you know, if you put it out to the universe, it comes true. So my goal is to take Tiger into the FEI ring and earn my silver medal scores um, at the pre-St. George. And Tiger's going to be 21. And so this is a perfect question for me. Because how do you take an older horse and show him well? And my answer with Tiger has been um, a lot of just really good basic training. Um, 
Tiger is a high-headed horse. He has a very high neck set and he tends to drop his back. Um, so I've spent the almost two years that I've had him working him over his back and working in more of a training level frame because he has the tricks. The tricks aren't important. What matters is the throughness and right. gymnasticizing his body and making him comfortable and supple in his body. And it may be kind of boring, um, but it's really good for him. And of course, it's good for me. Um, I've spent money doing things like injecting his hocks. He gets regular chiropractic. He gets acupuncture. He gets um, P. EMF. Um, I've done a lot with my vet on nutrition issues. He has really severe um, ulcers. So I'm careful about where I take him and when I take him and how I prepare him to take him off the property. Um, I make sure that my saddle fits and my saddle fitters come on a regular basis to make sure that everything is comfortable for him. Um, he has regular dental work so that I know that the bit fits and that his bridle is comfortable for him. Um, he gets a lot of turnout, so he gets to go out. My farrier has been amazing. He's shod just a little bit unconventionally. You know, we had his feet x-rayed to see what the balance was and to make sure that everything is right for him and his his shoes are handmade um, just for him. So I think that the way that you can best present an older horse is to provide your horse with all of the comfort and care measures that you can afford mm -hmm. um, and to provide him with the best riding so that he stays sound and comfortable for you and can be out there in the ring doing things comfortably. Right. I mean, I was when I was in Israel, the horse that I rode was 20. Um, and I just saw that he was the um, champion third level horse again this year in his with a different rider. So here's a 20 year old horse who's still out there, you know, doing third level, which is, you know, a decent amount of work and a decent demand. And he's doing it because his owner takes care of him. And does all the things, you know, it's it's like all of us as we get older, you know, we have different needs than when we're younger. And just being aware of those needs and making sure that those needs are met is what's going to make your horse shine. And, you know, sometimes the older horses shine even more because they know their jobs and they go out and they do it and they may not do it with quite the, the flash of, you know, the six year olds. Um, but they do it with the confidence that a six-year-old doesn't have. So, Samantha, I say, old horses, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, my my Nadia is going to be 17, which is, you know, not not young. But I, I say she and I are kind of on the same age plane. You know, we're slowing down a little, carrying a little extra weight. <laughs> Getting it's getting harder and harder to lose that weight or get in shape. You know, we're 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 on equal planes physically these days. So yeah, <laughs> but um, you're absolutely right. It does their their needs do start to change a little bit, and and the care for them that that is outside of the arena is what will shine in the arena. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to talking with Stephanie about biomechanics because I think again, riding well, being a good rider, being a skillful rider, being a strong rider and a balanced rider, um, can make the difference in the comfort level of your horse. If you're a crooked rider who is always throwing your horse on the forehand, it makes it much harder for your horse to sit. 
So if you can be a good rider and help your horse be a great performer, you're already ahead of the game. Absolutely. And um, that's a great segue because up next we will have our conversation with Stephanie Fish Crossman. Your horse has unique feed requirements and Purina has you covered. From breeding and growing to senior horses, from performance horses to easy keepers and everything in between, Purina has an extensive portfolio of research-backed options for your horse. There's no shortcut for quality nutrition. Cheaper isn't cheaper if it doesn't work. Put their research to the test. Find optimal nutrition at any level at your local Purina retailer or visit PurinaMills.com to learn more. Stephanie Fish Crossman began riding as a young girl in Maine. By 18, she discovered dressage and left college to join Michael Poulin as a working student. After a successful management career in Florida's hospitality industry, working for a large, small, and exotic animal vet, and grooming for Jane Savoy, Stephanie attended the now-defunct International Academy of Equestrian Studies in Warrendorf, Germany, where she graduated with her National Trainer Certificate. She is a USDF bronze and silver medalist, as well as one of only nine accredited coaches for Mary Wanless's Ride With Your Mind biomechanics system in the U.S. In addition to her dressage and biomechanics background, Stephanie furthers her knowledge of how horses think and how to work with them best by working with Harry Whitney, a little-known horsemanship treasure based in Arizona. She is currently in Brooksville, Florida, with her husband, Chris, who is a cattle rancher, her two horses that she's taking up the levels, and her pet cows. Stephanie, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your very busy schedule to talk with us today. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me here. So I wanted to start first with just a little bit of timeliness because um, you just went to the USDF convention, correct? I did. I did. It was my first time getting to go. Okay, so you're a first timer. So as a first timer, tell us what it's like as a first timer, because quite, quite frankly, I don't know if I should admit this. I've never been. Aviva, have you ever been? No, I'm not admitting to it either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're not admitting to not ever being there. But Stephanie, tell us what it's like as a first time attendee. Since I'm the only one that's only been there once. Um, it, it was really exciting. I Apparently, um, you know, because of COVID, uh, they had to, they've adjusted the meeting a little bit. They tried to keep things a little more compact. They tried to make sure that um, you were able to attend everything. And my understanding is previously, there's been so much going on that you might have to choose between going to one thing you wanted to see and going to the other thing. So yeah. I didn't have to deal with that. Um, I really enjoyed um, seeing how things work on a bigger picture. Um, we sat in on, you know, several different committee meetings um, from like the awards committee and what they're doing and the education committee and what they're doing and the test writing committee. We got a little glimpse of the tests that are just coming out um, and what their thought process was with that. Um, obviously, each region met together. So it was really great um, to, to meet other people in my region. Yeah. Um, I met so many amazing people. 
um, from from our region, from different regions. And it was really cool talking with them about how we all handle things. You know, we're all dealing with the same things with schooling shows, attendance, volunteers, um, education throughout Mm -hmm. the demos. And it was just cool to see how different clubs handle different things. Yeah. So I, I really liked that. What inspired you to go this time for the first time? I am a PM delegate. I I, ah. I have been PM delegate for three years. So I was all excited, you know, the, the first two years to get to go. And the first year was um, right in the middle of COVID. Right. Yeah. Um, last year, they had every intention of running uh, an actual meeting and at the last minute made it virtual. I remember, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the past two years, I was just a PM delegate. This year, not only am I a PM delegate, but I'm president of my local GMO, um, Stride Dressage in Ocala. So well, I have you. a bold reason to go. <laughs> um, so, and, and it just, you know, I, I know so many people that go um, like I, I got to travel with Charlotte and Chris Trennelman and Judy Downer and Loretta Lucas. Loretta's on the education committee. Judy does a ton with the L program. Charlotte and Chris are involved at many levels. Chris does is on the bylaws committee. And Charlotte just got um, picked to be our region three regional director. Oh, wow. So I was going with some, you know, seasoned High power folks. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. It was really cool. Um, so that's, you know, it was a good group to go to, go with. Yeah. Would you recommend it for just the average person? The whole time I was there, I kept thinking, I'm bringing a group next year. Oh, I'm wow. bringing students. Because when you just go to shows, you are, you are a consumer. And it's super easy to go, why, why is this rule in effect? Or seriously, why do I have to have, you know, that piece of paperwork or, you know, how is it that they don't have my scores posted yet? But when you go and you see this organization that handles us, the dressage riders of the world or of the country, um, from grassroots all the way up to high performance, and you see all of the different facets of USDF as a business, I think it gives you a much broader understanding of everything it goes, that goes into producing a show, producing a clinic, being a governing body. Mm-hmm. Um, it just gives you a much greater appreciation for it. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, there's, the, there's the, quote, meetings, unquote, after the meetings, right. going, going to the hotel bar, of course, not to have, you know, adult beverages, <laughs> of course, <but> not. <laughs> the camaraderie there is amazing. And it's just so cool to watch all these people at all these levels, um, yeah. just talking. And, and so I want to bring more people to that, that might think, well, I'm just a, a training level rider. Or I'm just a backyard rider. Go be a part of this. Their USDF offers so much from an educational standpoint. Um, I just, it was really inspiring to be there. I am, I was especially excited 
they are rolling out an updated version of their instructor certification program. Oh. Um, and Sarah Geike is, I believe, heading up that committee. Um, and I made the very bold move of raising my hand and asking, <laughs> yes, but are you going to teach people how to teach? Good for you. And I got a, a smattering of applause for that. So it's an issue that other people feel exists as well. And and she said that they're re completely revamping the program. Um, I'm pretty excited about, like, I keep checking to see when they get dates out. I'm going to go through the instructor certification program. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I was that inspired by being there. So I think it can wow. be that inspiring for other people. Okay. All right. Well, maybe Aviva, you and I should maybe. We should go. Think, we should think go. about it. Well, maybe if I earn my silver scores this year, I'll have a reason to go to get there my silver. There you go. There you go. See? Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. okay cool. Goals. Goals. Okay. That's 2023 right. goals. That's right. <laughs> and that's cool, too, because um, the there were people there. Obviously, nobody got to walk across the stage the past two years. So there were people there that no. got to walk if they had received awards the past two years, but never yeah. got to go across the stage. Yeah. So Heather Mason needed a wheelbarrow <laughs> yeah. for all of her awards. She's amazing. I did not get to meet her in person, but I was like, that's my idol right there. Because she's just so tiny and unassuming. And she was laden with awards from the past two years it was really cool <laughs> awesome all right well good that was that was quite a glowing review um usdf is going to be very happy with you <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> talking with judy yesterday she said you you made your presence known <laughs> Oh, that's sometimes like, not a good thing, but okay. <laughs> that's okay. I didn't fart or burp, so we're all right. <laughs> good deal. All right. Well, we also want to talk to you about kind of what you what you do in the horse world. And uh, you how did you get started with the biomechanics? Where did that come from? So <clears throat> I was one of those kids. That was the, the naturally talented rider. You know, people oh. up to my parents say, oh, your daughter's so talented. She's just amazing. She's so talented. But I didn't learn well. And I wouldn't say that I have, you know, a learning disability or anything. But the way that I was being taught by some, some, some very high level people, some very well-meaning people, it just wasn't it kept bouncing off of me. And I happened upon Mary's work, which is a whole nother story. Mary and Mary and my first meeting was very inauspicious. Um, but when I, when I delved into Mary's work, she teaches you how to teach. Mm -hmm. And she explains different learning styles and how, you know, what, what I feel like I could say to you, oh, I, I, you know, was riding my horse yesterday and I really got him to come up in front and he was really pushing into the bridle. And if you said, well, what did you do? I'd have to delve down into my body, come up with words for a feeling, put those words out into the universe. You get those words in your head and you're going to translate them into another feeling. 
there's a huge space for a loss of understanding there. Yeah. And so Mary teaches you how to bridge that gap. So not only was I able to teach better, but I found myself understanding better. And, and, you know, not everybody that I work with is a biomechanics coach. I, you know, do, I have to work with, with straight dressage people as well. And when there's something said, like if they say, you know, lean back or, you know, put your heel down, I, I now know how to translate that. And I go, okay, I really am not going to quote, put my heel down, but what is it that they don't like about where I'm sitting that I need to adjust? So it's, it opened a whole world, not just of teaching, but of learning for me and the stuff that, you know, the stuff that may come naturally to other people from an intellectual standpoint, Mm -hmm. physically, I could create it, but intellectually I was, I wasn't grasping it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, it, it kind of translates into, it helps you break down what the people who are really good don't know that they're doing. They're just doing it. Right. And then that's a really important thing. I have ridden with people who were so naturally talented and they would tell me to, to, to create something, but I don't know how, cause I have no natural talent. I don't have feel. So for me, I'm the opposite of you. I've had to understand everything cognitively mm-hmm. in order to create it in my body and then figure out what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, you know, two, two opposite sides of the same coin. You have to be able to feel, but you also have to be able to understand and explain. Um, right. And you can't have one without the, you know, you're not successful if you only have one without the other. Right. And, and you know, we say you can't teach feel, but I say you can bounce people up against it enough times that they <laughs> yes. Develop their own sense of it. Right. I agree. So, it, you know, have, having the ability to set someone up in their body, in an exercise, on their horse, and have something happen. Um, you know, it's kind of like learning to draw and you turn the face upside down so that you're drawing the lines. Yes. Instead of going, I'm drawing a face, mm-hmm. thinking this is never going to work. This is never going to work. And then you're done with the drawing. You turn it right side up. And you go, oh my gosh, I just drew a face. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Kind of like that. Do so, you find that working with the biomechanics and rider position and all of that can help with some of the mental blocks that people have, like dealing with fear or performance anxiety or anything else like that? Absolutely. Um, one of the things that that we look at first that Mary coaches us to look at is we have a whole list of things. Is the is the rider symmetrical? Um, do they have old injuries? What do they do for a living? Are they safe? Are they breathing? That's a big one. <laughs> well, That's a right. Big one. In a herd situation, if the lead horse stops breathing to listen to see what's going on, nobody else is breathing either. They're all like, should we stay or should we go now? Yeah. Yeah. So people don't recognize how much their lack of breath contributes to the tension in the horse. Um, 
So first off, accepting people where they are. Um, you know, while I would love to get everybody to be doing a better half pass when I go do a clinic, um, if I see somebody coming in and they are super jazzed up, I need to help get them into a better space in their body before they're going to be of reasonable service to their horse. And I think that is a big thing that can happen uh, when people go to shows. Right. You know, practice, they practice. Well, that's great. They've practiced in their own home environment, but then mm-hmm. you somewhere else. And he's a little bit like, where the heck are we? If the rider, even if the rider's not nervous, but they're excited, those two things do not blend together well. And more times than not, they're not breathing the same. Mm, So bringing people's awareness to things like their breathing definitely helps with fear. Um, One of the things we talk about is becoming attached to your horse. And again, um, you know, you watch some of the, the really good riders like Shannon Duick. Uh, she's going to tell you she's not using her thigh that much. But if you watch her ride, her thigh rarely moves away from the saddle. She's done that for so long that she just her muscles just do it. She doesn't have to think about it. Yeah. Your average person that sits at a desk eight hours a day and rides <laughs> their horse four days a week is got to really think about it to maybe come halfway towards what Shannon does with no effort. So when you give people specific exercises and reasons for the exercises, why they need to use their body in the way that I'm asking them to use their body, they become a lot more confident. They're more likely to ride through that little spook or that little scoot. And they go, wow, I really, I stayed in place. Mm-hmm. They feel better. The horse feels better. Maybe the next time that spook is 3% smaller because the horse goes, ooh, she stayed with me. I think she's got this. Yeah. So it, it, it absolutely helps make more confident riders. Okay. So what are a couple of tips that you would want to share with our listeners to help with riding better and more uh, more aware that they can take away from listening today um i was thinking about this and i i came up with two and then when i was when i was driving today i was like oh this is this one's really important so <laughs> the first one is pay attention to yourself when you're not on your horse um i my my husband laughs at me because i'm pretty tall But when he gets into my truck, he always has to move the seat way far back because I drive like a granny. (laughs) I want my seat bones to be matching. I want my thighs to be matching. I want to know that I'm holding the steering wheel equally on both sides. Because I might drive three hours to go to a clinic and I'm either driving in a balanced body or I'm not. Um. So, you know, be aware of, be aware of your body and where your imbalances are um, and try to fix them off horse. Because unfortunately, all of us have way more time off horse than we do on horse. Yes, very, very, very true. 
Um, but you can actually increase your own body awareness off the horse. And it doesn't even have to be an exercise. It could be you standing in the line at the grocery store and going, wow, I always rest my right foot forward. Well, let me yeah. think so. So that's, okay. that's probably the biggest tip I can give people is be aware of your body when you're not on the horse. Yeah. And you get yourself working more symmetrically, even on the ground. Okay. Um, I think another one is, is lighten up your feet. Um, so many riders are riding with their stirrups too long. And it, you know, it only has to be one hole to be too long for the way that your, our legs are put together. Your, your hip, your knee, and your ankle are the suspension system of your seat. And if your stirrup is too long, it's almost like you were driving in your truck with the shocks stretched to their utmost right. capacity. It's going to be a rough ride. Yeah. So what people end up doing when the stirrup is too long, they're, they're, they're pushing their feet into their stirrup, trying to find the stirrup. They're riding with a brake on. And if you're bracing into your stirrup, I promise you, your horse is going to brace into your hand. He has yeah. a it's, you know, it's the physics yeah. of it. it. A brace requires an, an equal or greater brace to continue balancing. <laughs> so if people think of their stirrup being more like a trampoline and less like a floor, you can stand on a trampoline, but your joints, your lower joints, your suspension joints are always constantly in a little bit of motion. Right. You know, you can't brace into a trampoline. Um, and, and that helps put more of your weight into your thighs, more of your balance into your thighs, which is closer to your center of gravity. Um, and, and you become more independent of the horse's balance. Um, there's, I have this really funny picture of me at a horse show that um, Quinn from Q2 Photography took. And it, it was the it was the the weekend that I got my beautiful pink show jacket because we can wear <laughs> and I was on my young horse. And he was being super naughty and she caught him. She caught a series of him bucking. But I laugh because this one picture, his heels are almost even with my helmet. And I, if you pulled that horse out from underneath me, I would land on my feet. <laughs> I was dead straight in the saddle. Oh, good for you. <laughs> it was, well, you know, it's so ingrained in me now, but yeah. that's the point of the biomechanics. Like we always want to look at somebody and say, if I were to magically pull this horse out from underneath you, would you land on your feet? And if they would not land on their feet, most dressage riders would land on their butts. Some, a few would land on their faces. So we line them up so they would land on their feet. I would have totally landed on my feet in that picture. So I show people that picture to say, see, this works everywhere because my balance was not affected by him being naughty. Right. Okay. Well, there you go. That's very helpful. That is very yeah. helpful. <laughs> no, that is. I was, I was thinking every so often I see photos of myself doing things like people take a picture of me when I'm teaching and you, you know, that, that instructor head tilt thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. why do we, why do we do that? And, and, and I, it's really bad, isn't it? 
when you've got your eyes stacked per, uh, perpendicular to the horizon and you're like, yes, keep doing that. And you're like, why are my eyeballs stacked on top of each other? Yes. <laughs> but why do we do, why do we do that? The human brain is an amazing organ. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But it is it is very that is a very common thing. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 But that's a great that's a great place to start just in terms of, as you said, thinking about where you are, you know, where your body is, is just to try to start thinking about keeping your head on straight. How many riders seriously lean leaned, you know, look down because, you know, they have to be on the bit because the horse has to be on the bit. Mm -hmm. So and that changes balance that changes your balance and your horse's balance. And if you're always standing with your head tilted one way, that's going to change the way that you balance on your horse because your body is always used to being that way in space. Absolutely. So that's that's. That's a that's a that's a great tip that I'm taking onto my horse and my Excellent. and my teaching today. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah. So within the you know, you're you're very, very busy in the horse world doing all the horse things that a farm owner does. But um, if you get some time away, what do you like doing outside the horse world? I like cows. <laughs> I like cows, she says. <laughs> And you have some cows, don't you? Do I have three pet cows? So, um, my my husband and I, we just celebrated our three year anniversary. Do not Happy live- anniversary. Thank you. We um we live about two and a half hours away. He manages twenty five hundred acres of cattle, and I manage twenty acres of horses. Okay. And we we frequently both agree that. Um, 20 acres of horses is probably more work. I bet it is. I bet. (laughs) Um, But when he has a baby cow that uh, loses its mom for whatever reason, um, he brings them up to me and I raise them the bottle babies. Um, So this is how I got into the cow industry as a side side show. I would say side show because... These are not normal cows. Um, I will not say that they won't go in my house. And it's a good thing that I live on the second floor because they haven't made it all the way up. Oh, my. Uh, <laughs> I have one cow that likes to go through the trash because uh, she grew up with dogs. She will drink out of the toilet in the laundry room. Down there. Oh, my. Um, that is not normal. It's not. Normal. It's not normal. Um we just had, I just had my first baby cow, uh, myself, my, my big cow, um, just had a baby and his name is Xander Moolander because <laughs> if, do you remember the, the movie Zoolander? Yeah. yeah. And he has that blue steel look, right? Oh yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That is what this baby cow's face looked like for the first two weeks. I, like the first time I saw him, I was like, he has blue steel. <laughs> I kept trying to figure out what to name him. So that we came up with Xander Moolander. That's adorable. Um, So he's pretty fun. Um, But other than petting cows, (laughs) (laughs) um, wine with cows is also very good. I will say Um, I like to read. I really love reading. Um, I enjoy singing. And I have been lear- trying to learn how to play the guitar for quite a while now. Um, I wouldn't say I'm great at it, but it, it, uh, I enjoy it. 
Um, it's something to do that's cerebral and there is some, you know, output of it that other people might be able to enjoy. Yeah. Um, and then when I go down to his ranch, we really just like driving around in the pasture and seeing the wildlife and, um, you know, just kind of driving around looking at cows. <laughs> my, my, I sense the theme here. Cows. <laughs> theme, I know it's crazy. My, my travel bug is, is taken care of with uh, my clinicking because I get to go to some pretty amazing places to clinic. Um, I go to Maui a couple times a year. Oh, wow. I get to go to Montana. Uh, I've been up to Nantucket a couple times. That, that's been a while. Um, so I do enjoy traveling, but traveling when you're getting paid is especially awesome. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's a little there's a little bonus to that. Yeah, maybe we can set you up to come to scenic Bowie, Maryland. <laughs> I I I go, I go. I just like to go. I like to meet new people. I like to teach writing, and you know, then you get to see stuff all at once. It, it, it's kind of a win win situation. Yeah. So, but yeah, other than that, I'm pretty. I'm pretty laid back. I'm, you know, tend to spend a decent amount of time by myself or just with my husband. Um, you know, because it's a very we're in a very social sport. So quality alone time is good. Yeah. Yeah. And and I might or might not be percolating on a book. <laughs> Ooh. That that will be in the works when I drop some of my other um current responsibilities right like being president of stride (laughs) (laughs) well the last question the last question i have for you is something that we've asked all of our guests and that is what do you think makes a great horse person a big bank account (laughs) (laughs) We haven't had that answer yet. No, that's a new one. But that's, that's the joke, one. right? How do you make a small fortune in horses? Start exactly. With a large, start with a large yes, fortune. Exactly. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Um, I think that being a good horse person means means being both a lifelong learner and being confident where you are. Um, you know, horses need good leadership and that's why kids and horses do so amazingly well together because kids don't know that they're not leading well. They're just doing it and they love it and they're passionate. And so it works out for them. Um, I, I learn from so many people. I learn just so much cool stuff and, you know, horses kind of our life, aren't they? You know, the lessons you learn with horses apply to business. They apply to relationships. Um, So if you're always learning and growing with your horses and yet being confident where you are that, you know, today I am better than I was yesterday um, and having humility because boy, we all know that horses can, you know, you can be feeling a little good about yourself and but. Uh, it was last night yeah <laughs> oh, yeah. so yeah. 
being being a learner, being confident and being humble. Um, I think are the hallmarks of some of the best horse people that I've been around. I love that answer. I love that that you put the the confidence and the humility together. Yeah, because if you're not confident, if you're, you know, if you always think, well, I'm only a learner, I'm only a learner, then you don't give yourself permission to own what you already know. Yeah. Right. I run into that a lot with people who uh, come to me, whether they come to train with me or, you know, they they're they're coming to a clinic and, and I've worked with some pretty high level riders and I go back and I work on the holes in their rider biomechanics, you know, so they kind of feel they, they can feel like, boy, I had no idea I was this bad at posting the trot. You know, I thought I was doing really well. And I'll tell them, you are doing really well. Everything that you already knew how to do, you still know how to do it. I'm going to help you do it more efficiently Mm -hmm. where it's easier for your horse. It's easier for you. They've got to retain the confidence and the knowledge that they already have. Yeah. It's important to remember. Thank you. It is. It is. (laughs) Well, this has been a lovely conversation. It's been awesome. uh, Yeah. So many things to, you know, I always say that if you go to a clinic and you take home one, one nugget, it was worth the price of admission. And um, especially considering I didn't have to pay for this. uh, I'm taking home a whole lot of nuggets from this conversation. This was fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed it myself. Well, we, we appreciate you joining us and, um, you know, have a great rest of this year and 20 and on to 2023. Yes. Big things for 2023. Wonderful. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Dressage Today podcast. If you've missed any episodes or to subscribe, go to Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Learn more and read in-depth training articles at dressagetoday.com, or you can visit our subscription video site, ondemand.dressagetoday.com. Be sure to give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Happy riding, and we'll see you at X. The Dressage Today podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of Equine Network, LLC.